matters. You say, what matters? Your values matter. Those things that you have set as a priority in your life matter. Whether it's a person, an individual, whether it is a corporation, whether it is a church or a congregation or a ministry, there are values that we have established that matter in our church and in our congregation. And so over the past four weeks, we've been looking at different values, different things that not only as a congregation or as a ministry that we hold to as values, but that we believe also are important uh, to us as individuals as well. So today, would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Acts, the first chapter, Acts 1 and 8. We're going to be there in just a moment. And as you're turning there, let me greet our campuses. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I'm grateful today for what has happened already at your campus, at your location today. I'm sure you've already had a time of worship and prayer, all the things that go into a great service. And now we're going together into the Word of God. So would you get ready to receive today? In fact, Jackson, could we welcome all of our other campuses today as they're joining with with us as we go into the Word of God today. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about those, those things that are important, those things that really matter. The first week, we talked about truth and how that truth was the bedrock of everything that we believe and that we, we hold to the Bible as the inerrant Word of God and we believe what God's Word says. The second week, we talked about people, that people matter to God. In fact, it's the only thing that God sent His only begotten Son into the world to die for was people. And so as a congregation and as a ministry and as believers, people ought to matter to us. The third week, we talked about diversity. That was an interesting sermon to preach. When you get to talking about diversity in America, you get all kind of things happening, but I really do believe, and I'm not going to go back and re-preach that sermon, but that diversity is vital in the kingdom of God. Last week we talked about worship, how that worship is something that we have all been created to do, that you were created as a being to worship God Almighty, and that you're going to find an expression of worship one way or the other. Now today we're going to talk about empowerment. That word empowerment uh, is kind of a catchphrase in our society today. Everybody's getting empowered to do this, empowered to do that. Here's what we say, okay, As as a ministry, here's what we say. We value the empowerment of all of God's people to minister in His kingdom. That's what we are talking about today when we talk about empowerment, that you have been empowered by God, if you're a believer today, to minister in His kingdom. So would you look there in the book of Acts, the first chapter, and the eighth verse, I'm sure you've heard this before if you've been to church very much, but here's what Jesus says, but you will receive what? Power, empowerment. You will receive empowerment or power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now here's, he said, here's what you're going to get, and then he tells us why we're receiving this and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth now can I just kind of break that down a little bit Uh, here's what he's saying to those of you in Tennessee to those of you in the U.S. to those of you in the world you are called of God you are given the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can be witnesses to everyone that you come into contact with. That's why we talk about That's why our vision statement is changing lives to change our world. Why? Because your world, your world may be this big or your world may be this big. Doesn't matter, but you're called to change that world. Now, now the word empower just means this. It means to release power into or unto someone. 
okay? So that's, that's what we're talking about in this whole empowerment thing. In fact, let me, let me, let me kind of set it up this way. How many of you remembered when you learned how to drive? You remember that? Let me ask you another question. How many of you remembered when you taught your children how to drive? Hold your hand up. Wasn't that an eventful moment? And for those of you who aren't there yet, we're just waiting. All right, I've got two children. One of them lives, Ashley lives in California. Zach's on staff here. And, and I can remember both of them learning how to drive. And, uh, and it, it, was a, uh, it was an exciting time. All right, because you guys know me. You, you know how laid back I am. What are y'all laughing about? How patient I am. How long-suffering I am. How temperate, you know, I'm temperate in all things I am. And, and I can remember, I don't know, I'll tell this on Ashley because she's not here. Uh, I, I, we were teaching her to drive, and, and I, I don't remember the whole scenario. It's when we were living in Adamsville, and we got out on one of those back roads, and we were coming to an intersection or something, and before I knew it, we were almost in the ditch. And, uh, I mean, the car was headed this way. It was all that, and I'm, I'm, I'm in my lovely, quiet voice saying, you need to hit the brakes. And if you believe I said it that way, you are crazy. I mean, I was, I, I was thinking, I didn't say any, but I was thinking words that weren't Sunday school words. You know, it was like, what is this kid? She's going to, you know, I mean, it was, it was going off my brain. And uh, finally got it started. I said, get out of the car. Go on the other side. I'm driving home. I can't take any more of this. All right. And finally, finally did get her where she could drive. She still scares me. I just to be honest, I was with her in California the other day, and she drove. It still scares me. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. Uh, but but it, was, it was in that moment that, that you begin to understand empowering. You know, I, back in the day, I don't know what it is now, you know, you got your driver's permit at 15, and then uh, you got your driver's license, and then you're all these restrictions and all this kind of stuff, and you can only have so many people in your car at a time, and we found that out when Zach got his driver's license. But anyway, uh, you know, and all these kind of things. Uh, but but I, I want to tell you that the moment of ultimate empowerment is when, when you as a parent hand them the key for the first time and you're not going with them. Come on, moms and dads. You know what I'm talking about? You hand them that key and you know it's over. <laughs> I mean, it really is. They're gone now. I mean, it, they've got the key. And, and they walk out the door, and they're jumping, and they're hopping, and they're skipping. You know, they're going out to their friend, whatever. And you go into the back bedroom in deep intercession. <laughs> because you have just now released them. And, you know, especially when they have their, you know, when they finally quit driving the family car, and they start driving their own car uh, that you bought for them, by the way. Anyway, uh, you, you know, all, all that, that's empowerment. And it's kind of that way in the kingdom of God. God empowers us. And, and I, I sometimes wonder when God gives us the key, if he doesn't go up into the prayer room of heaven and say, oh, what have I done, Lord? I guess he's praying to himself at that point. Uh, but, but, you know, there, there's, there's an aspect here that we have to understand that to really do what God's called us to do, everybody that's a believer has to be empowered to do what God's called them to do. In fact, I'll say it this way, to fulfill the Great Commission, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, baptizing people, all of God's people need to be released into ministry. Did you hear me? All of God's people need to be released into ministry if we're going to ever fulfill the Great Commission. It's never going to happen by two or three people doing it. 
you know, uh, 10 superstars is not going to get it one. It's not, we're not going to reach the world with, with only a few people. It's going to take all of God's people being involved and doing what God's called them to do. And, and here's what we believe as a, as a congregation and as a ministry. We believe that the Holy Spirit empowers all believers. Would you say that word all with me? All believers to serve in ministry. I think the scripture is quite clear that once you come in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you are then called into ministry. You may never stand on a stage. In fact, uh, we were talking about this the other day, that the top two fears in any person's life, and it's according how they're ranked, but usually the number one fear is the fear of death, and the second highest fear is the fear of public speaking. You know, I've got to go stand in front of those people and talk to them. I, I have that sometimes. Kind of like, God, I've got to go back again. Kind of like right now, right? And, and, and it's, in, it's in those moments, you know, we, we, but, but we're called. You may not be called to do this. You may not be called to play a piano. You may not be called to teach a class. You may, but you are called to do. There is a gifting that has been placed on you. In fact, every Christian is, uh, we're going to talk about it. Every Christian is, is some things have been given to them, some things have been put into them, and, and we're going to look at that uh, today. Number one is every Christian is created for service. You were created by God Almighty for service. That's what you said. Well, I was created to look good. Okay. That may be what you think. Maybe some other people think that, but that's, why, that's not why you were created. Let me just tell you this. The best-looking people that have ever been created have already died. What are all looking at me like that for? You say, I've seen some pretty fine-looking people. I have too. But the best-looking people that were ever on this planet were Adam and Eve. They were created by the hand of God. What's wrong with y'all? It's been downhill ever since then, people. <laughs> right? So what am I? I'm created for service. Here, here's what the book of Ephesians says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork. I love that. We are God's creation. Created in Christ Jesus to do, see those two next words? Good works. We were created to do good works. People say, you know, works aren't important. It's not by works that you're saved. I, yeah, you're not saved by works, but once you get saved, you've got to do some works. He said, it's we do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. All right? So I'm created for service. Now think about this for a minute. Go with me for a moment. Too, too many of us try to do things that we're not called to do. We try to take God's place. Have you ever tried to create a miracle? No, come on. Oh, oh, have you ever tried to have your own miracle, make your own miracle? The rest of you have too, you just don't know it. Let me just give you one. Let me give you a miracle I see people do all the time. I'm going to marry him and I'm going to change him. That's a miracle, people. That's a miracle. It's not going to happen. Y'all going with me? Y'all right? Only God can create miracles. You say, Pastor, why are you talking about miracles if I'm created for service? Listen, did, did you hear what that scripture said? It said that we were created for good works which God prepared or preordained for us. All that I have to do is find the map of my life because God's already preordained what I'm supposed to do. I don't have to go out here and make something happen. Do you ever get stressed out? 
Come on, we lived in the most stressed out society I think ever. Everybody's stressed out. We stressed out about everything. We stressed out about the person in line who isn't moving fast enough. We'll walk, we will walk, we, I know I will, we'll walk into a restaurant and there's five people in front of us. We say, we're not waiting on this bit. We'll go down. It'll take us 15 minutes to get to the next place. We could have already been seated, right? We could have already probably been eating, but we're not standing in line waiting for five people. In fact, they kind of look goofy in here anyway. We're not staying. We're out. Right? I mean, that, that's kind of how we are. And, and so we're, we're always living this stressed out life, not understanding, look, if I can find the path that God has already preordained, my life becomes a whole lot easier. That's number one. Number two is this. We're gifted for service. The book of 1 Peter, the fourth chapter and the tenth verse says this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. Now, I love that. He said it's God's grace in its various forms. In other words, what he's saying is what your gift is is not what your gift is. What you've been gifted with is not what somebody else has been gifted with. What you've been given is not what someone else has been given. And so we've been gifted for service. And, and here's the cool part about that is that I don't have to be stressed out because I'm not gifted like you. Right? I mean, I love T.D. Jakes. I love listening to T.D. Jakes. I mean, especially when he gets into that old school preaching. No, come on, you know what I'm talking about. He'll go back sometimes. He'll start throwing down. He'll start wiping his head faster. And back in the day, when he used, when, back in the day when he had to get ready, get ready, get ready, you better get ready because something was coming down. All right? But I don't preach like T.D. Jakes. I don't sweat like T.D. Jakes. I don't think, I mean, he, he comes up with more stuff in five minutes than I do in five years. But thank God I'm not called to be T.D. Jakes. I used to listen to Dr. Charles Stanley all the time. In fact, some of you have told me, man, you kind of uh, you, you preach like Charles Stanley. Well, it's because I listen to him so much. Because I love Dr. Charles Stanley. He just had a way of being very methodical, put the Word of God out. and lay, But I found out I wasn't a Southern Baptist. I love Dr. Stanley, but I'm not a Southern Baptist. So how did that fit? And, and, and so I finally came to the place saying, wait a minute, this is who I am. This is who I'm supposed to be. I'm kind of like David. I can't use someone else's armor. See, you don't need to be using someone else's armor. It doesn't fit you. It's not for you. Find out what you're good at. David said, I got a sling and some stones, and I'm going to take him down. All right? Saul says, no, 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 put on all this heavy armor. David says, no, I can't wear that. I hadn't tested it. I don't know it. I haven't tried it. Now, let me, let me say this to you, though. Watch this. In the life of David, and boy, I'm going to go far afield here for a moment, but your giftings have to change as you move forward. Now, think about it. David started off with a sling and five stones. But David, as he moved into his ministry to be king over all of Israel, had to learn how to operate with a sword and a spear and with, with uh, all the armor as well. So in your ministry, you're gifted here, but as you grow with God, are you ready? As you grow in the kingdom of God, that's going to change at times. But when you know that you're gifted, you just follow the leading of the Spirit of God, and God builds and builds and builds in your life. Does that make sense? So we're gifted for service. Number three is we are authorized for service. Now think about that. That, that's, that authorized for service means that when you go to the bank 
and you've got that debit card, all right? You've got that debit card, and you put that debit card in there. If you've got the PIN number and there's any money in there, you are authorized to pull it out, right? It means I got the authorization, all right? It's like, ladies, when you slip that ring on your finger, and they say, we now pronounce you husband and wife, you may now kiss the bride. When you walk out of there, you are now authorized to his bank account. Just bringing some freedom to the crowd today. Just bringing a little liberty here, all right? So that, that authorization, the, the book of Matthew, the 28th chapter, uh, verses 18 through 20, very familiar, says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. But then he goes on to say, there, he says, it's been given to me, but therefore you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, watch what he said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He said, I'm authorizing you. I'm giving you the authority to go forward and serve. Watch this. You are authorized. Somebody says, you can't do this. So wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm authorized. I've got the PIN number. It's J-E-S-U-S. I have been authorized to serve in the kingdom of God. The fourth thing is this, is that you have been commanded to serve. Now, it's been kind of fun, the first three, uh, but this one kind of gets in our business. See, we, we could kind of sit back before and say, well, it's okay, I've been gifted, I've been created, all that. But now we're talking about we've been commanded to serve. So that means if I've been commanded to serve, then I probably ought to be doing what? Serving. Yeah, you're getting it. I ought to be serving if I'm commanded. Uh, the book of Matthew, the 20th chapter, verse 26 through 28 says this. Not so with you, he says, speaking here. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Well, that's a strong word. No, but, but watch why. Look in verse 28. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'm commanded to serve. You know why I'm commanded to serve? Because Jesus served. And the Bible says that the servant is never greater than the master. And so if Jesus came to this earth to serve, then you and I are commanded by God to serve. That's why I love uh, the past few years we've used the, the term for all of our teams uh, in, in love and truth is, is we use the term I serve. And it, you're on an I serve team. It doesn't matter. You be on the stage, you're part of an I serve team. If you're greeting at the door, you're, part of an, you're teaching a class. You're part, all, all of it, it's all part of I serve. Why? Because I've been commanded to serve. I have been commanded by God Almighty. Just look at your neighbor and say, that means you. I've been commanded to serve. I can't get out of it. I can't, you know, get a note from mom to get me out of class. I have been commanded by God Almighty to serve. Number five is I've been prepared to serve. Prepare. You, have, have you ever met somebody and they were supposed to be doing something and you could tell they hadn't prepared in the first bit, right? But the Scripture says we've been prepared to serve. You say, well, How? Well, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 tells us how we're prepared to serve. He says, so Christ himself gave to the church apostles, prophets, uh, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, look at the next verse there, to equip his people 
for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You and I are prepared for service by apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in the local house so that we can then do works of service that builds up the body of Christ. That, that's why, uh, in, in love and truth, that's why we talk about growth tracks so much. You say, I, you know, I've been, I've been in church all my life, or I've gone to this church. We, we know that, we understand. But growth track is so vital in being prepared for service because it just aligns you it brings you that and and you now remember number four was you're already commanded to serve so don't sit there and go well that's not me everybody look up here everybody watch me on camera look up at me a second that's you you've been commanded by god to serve now get prepared to serve well you know there's just so many people they don't need me are you kidding me no really are you kidding me did you see how many people showed up at Love and True Churches today? Remember I told you what we had last week? I mean, really? We need everybody that God has prepared to be involved in service. But we've got to be willing. We've we got to be willing to do what God's called us to do. Listen, everybody, I'm, I'm going to move off this because I can tell you're getting nervous, but just one more thing. You're not called to the love boat. This is not a Christian cruise where you sit back and everything is handed to you. We're going to have a midnight buffet just for you with chocolate fountains and all the cake you can want. That's not what this is about. That's what heaven will be about maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. This is about making a difference in the world. This is about changing lives to change our world. And so this is more the merchant marines. It's all hands on deck. Everybody is called of God. Everybody that's a believer, everybody that's part of a love and true church, you are commanded to serve, and we're willing to prepare you to serve, to do what God's called you to do. Number six is this, is that you are rewarded for service. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for who? The Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now think about that for a minute. Did you hear what I just read? The Apostle Paul just said to you that when you work, now, he's talking in the natural for a moment. Let's deal with that. He said, when you work, don't work like you're working for that boss or for that company or for that whatever. He said, work like you're working for God. Now, I don't want to get too deep here, but, but I wonder if some of us would be there a little bit earlier. Oh, help me. I wonder if some of us wouldn't leave so quick. I wonder if some of us wouldn't spend four hours a day on Facebook at the office. Y'all just not shouting at all today, are you? <laughs> if I worked as unto the Lord, 
But you know what? Not only that, whatever I do in the kingdom of God, remember this, remember this aspect here. You, you remember the story in Scripture where Jesus tells the story of the master who calls the three people to him, and to one he gives five talents, to another he gives two talents, and to one he gives one. And he says, I'm going away, but I'm going to come back, and when I come back, we're going to talk about what you've done with what you've get, been given. And, and so he comes back, the guy who had got five showed up, and he said, Lord, I've taken the five, and now I have five more, I've got ten. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The guy that had two came up. He said, Lord, I had two, now I have four. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The guy who he gave one to showed up. Still got the one. He said, I knew that you were a hard taskmaster. I knew that you reaped where you did not sow. I knew uh, that, that you were, you were a tough. And so what I did was is I took what you gave me and I buried it in the ground. And the master, understand the master is a representative of God, became angry. And said, the very least you could have done was taken what I gave you and put it in the bank and got some interest out of it. But because you did not do anything with what I gave you, I'm going to take what you've got and I'm going to give it. Now, here's where we get into trouble. Because who we're going to give it to is the guy who's got four because we think everybody ought to be fair and equal. Because we don't want anybody to have more than we've got. Man, it gets quiet. That's what, that's what we're told every, every day on television, whatever. It's not fair for somebody to be richer than you. I just wait. I'm good at waiting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Right? But they, they shouldn't have more than me. That, that, that one ought to be at least given the guy. That, what, what did Jesus do with it? Jesus took the one. He didn't give it to the guy with four. He gave it to the guy with ten. That messes up that whole theology right there, doesn't it? Why? Because he could trust the guy with 10 with more. But you know what he said to the guy who didn't use what God had given him? He said, you are an unprofitable servant. And he kicked him out into what the Bible says was a place of, of utter darkness and gnashing and wailing and all this stuff. Now, that, that's a, that'll get your attention right i mean that kind of goes whoa you know there, there's some scriptures that kind of when i read them i want to go hide ever ever seen those well here's one of them you're going to stand before god and give an account for everything you've ever done anybody looking for a place to hide i am I'm, i mean I'm, I'm looking right now where can i go we're gonna i gotta give an account for everything in fact, the Bible says you're going to give an account for every idle word that came out of your mouth. Whew, I don't want that one. Right? Thank, thank the Lord there's the blood of Jesus Christ, and the Bible says if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. We can take care of it before we get there. Thank the Lord for that. All right? So I'm not sweating it in that sense. But, but the, the, the Word of God lets us know, though, that when, when we get in judgment all right even believers now think about this for a minute the scripture talks about that there's, there's going to be the judgment of the unrighteous but there's also going to be the judgment of the righteous and even if you are a believer and you're in relationship with jesus christ today that you are going to stand before god and he's going to judge what you've done and scripture says that there are some things that are going to be burned up there are other things that are going to come through the fire, and they're going to come forth tested like pure gold. I don't know about you, but I believe 
that if it is so vital that the master said, I'm kicking you out because you didn't use what was given, that God might look at those things that he has placed into our lives and say to us, why are you not using the abilities, the giftings, the talents that I have given you? You say, Pastor, I'm, you, you got to understand, I'm stressed out at work, I understand. Pastor, you got to understand, the kids just got back in school, I got it. Pastor, you got to understand, we, we just now recovering from the summer. I know. I understand, man. I, I got you, lady. I, I got it. But here's, here's the truth. There's something in you that the world needs. There's something inside of you that nobody else has. That the world is waiting for you to shine. The world is waiting for you to come forth and to do what it is that God's called you to do. And in that moment when you get back to that thing that you were created for is in the moment that you find the greatest fulfillment and yes, even the greatest happiness in your life is when you get to that place where you are now living out the destiny that God has for you. And so my challenge to you and my challenge from God on high for you is to come into your world today and kind of stir it up a little bit and say, you know what? There's something inside of you that needs to be released to the world. There's something that God has given you that nobody else has. In fact, I'll say this as we come to a close in just a moment. We so often look at other people and we kind of judge ourselves by other people. I've, I've, I've looked through the years at child prodigies. Maybe, maybe, you know, some kid graduated from Harvard or Yale at 12 years of age or, 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 or you know, somebody, uh, Mozart. Uh, Mozart died when he was 34 years old and he wrote all the great music that he wrote. I mean, you, you, you look at those people and go, oh, I mean, Michael Phelps was breaking records uh, in his teenage years. Of course, he's, you know, he's kind of strange looking if you've ever seen him. No, he is. He's built kind of weird. And he, well, I mean, he looks like he, he looks like he belongs in the water. Right? His arms are too long and his hands are too big. And, you know, he, when he ain't in the water, he's out smoking. Now, anyway. I don't know if that was a water pipe. No, I'm kidding. Keeping in the theme here. Just go with me, all right? And, but, but we look at all those, you know what we find is, is that we find most people who are child, child prodigies, etc., never really have great success in later life. It's kind of a brief moment, they burn brightly and they kind of go off the, the scene. Could it be that you and I are comparing ourselves with the wrong thing? Could it be that we're looking at somebody else's life, somebody else's achievement, something that somebody else has done, and saying, well, if I could only do that, and God said, I never created you for that. I created you for this. And if you'll just get in this lane, if you'll get in this preordained path that I've laid out for you, you'll be fulfilled. You say, Pastor, how do I come to that place where I'm empowered? How, how do I live in that place of becoming empowered? Three quick things and we're done. First of all, is I've got to spend time discovering my place of fellowship. Discovering my place of fellowship. In, in other words, where is the church that God wants me to be a part of? Listen, we have a, we have a television ministry, and I meet people all the time who say, Pastor, I watch you every week. I, and and I'm, I'm so, I am thankful for that. Anytime that we get an opportunity to minister to people, I'm thrilled with that. 
But I've got so many of them who, who watch me every week, but they've never joined to a local body. And they don't have to join this body, but I just wish they would be part of a local body because I believe church fellowship and church membership is important. Number two is this, is I need to discover my gifts. Discovering my gifts is part of the process of becoming empowered. What are the gifts that God's placed in me? And I want to tell you, everybody has one. We've already discussed that. You say, Pastor, how do I go about discovering my gifts? Well, uh, the, the last three Wednesday nights that I taught, I taught on spiritual gifts. So just go online or, or get it, you know, go to the media booth somewhere. You can find it. it it'll, it'll be out there, all right? But discovering my gifts. And number three is this, discovering my place of ministry. When I discover my gift, then I need to find a place of ministry for that gift. So whatever that is, I need to do that. Again, here's why. Remember, we'll go all the way back to the second week. We're talking about values. And we talked about in that week how important people are to God. And I told you in that sermon that God places a higher value on you than you do yourself. He has placed more on your life than you do. And so God believes in you more than you do. And that's why to use the analogy I started with, that's why he's handed you the keys and he said, there's a brand new car out in the driveway. I sent my only begotten son to die so that you could have a relationship with me and now I am empowering you to go out and fulfill the destiny of your life.